you're listening to Astrology Hotline. I'm Kyle Pierce, and this is the forecast for Monday, December 5th through Sunday, December 11th, 2022. We are in the midst of Sagittarius season this week, with the sun at about 13 degrees Sagittarius, and the moon still in the first third of Taurus as we get the week going. Uh, while the moon in Taurus is usually a pleasant time of the month, and typically a uh, fruitful way to start the week off. Taurus has not been uh, quite as flush with abundance as it is usually. We do still have Saturn and Aquarius, uh, perhaps casting a bit of a shadow of scarcity over Taurus in general. Taurus was also the scene of a pretty substantial eclipse uh, last month. And as we will for uh, several years to come, we do have Uranus hanging out in Taurus. Nonetheless, Moon and Taurus is a, a nice time to perhaps work ourselves into a, a comfortable groove and maybe establish a comfortable pace for how we want to proceed with our, our plans this week, especially as we build towards what I would consider to be the, uh, the main event this week, <clears throat> which will be the full moon in Gemini, which will take place uh, late Wednesday night, uh, late Wednesday night on December 7th, or for some of us, uh, early Thursday morning. This full moon will occur with the moon uh, almost exactly conjunct Mars, and thus opposing the sun, which in terms of the uh, cycle of Mars is rather akin to a full moon for Mars as well. Mars, as you may know if you've been following the astrology over the past couple months, is retrograde in Gemini will continue to be so uh, well into next year. So hopefully you've already baby-proofed the Gemini area of your life to the degree that that's possible, but to uh, perhaps get a sense of the particular uh, flavor of this full moon, we would want to look at Mercury, which will rule the, the lunar, and in this case, martial part of the full moon, as well as Jupiter <clears throat> ruling the, the solar portion. And Mercury, which has been in Sagittarius, will be ingressing into Capricorn Tuesday evening, just as uh, the moon is simultaneously, almost uh, certainly within the hour, ingressing into Gemini. So we get a, a slight change in tone just in time for this full moon. Certainly in terms of uh, a dignity, Mercury gets a bit of an upgrade when it steps into Capricorn while not uh, formally dignified in Capricorn by any of the uh, major dignity systems, Mercury tends to do pretty well in Earth, I'd say overall, certainly in Capricorn. It's, it's not entirely uncomfortable. And we certainly get a more uh, grounded, focused, and uh, we'll say concrete version of Mercury when we get into uh, Capricorn. And while it uh, may not be as colorful as it tends to be in, in Sagittarius, it certainly gets more practical and realistic, lends to a, a firmer, more pragmatic thought process. Mercury and Capricorn often uh, lends a methodical mind, as well as a, uh, an ability to exercise restraint. Certainly a uh, welcome remedy for those of us who may have recently struggled with uh, some bouts with verbal diarrhea. This will sort of uh, dr dry things up a little bit. 
I would say that uh, this is an especially welcome change given the ongoing Mars and Gemini, which can get a little um, little chaotic, uh, certainly impulsive, and not uh, not very concentrated. <laughs> um, if you have uh, planets in Gemini, you may be experiencing uh, a tendency for for the attention to be pulled in multiple directions, or even maybe vacillating between sort of a frenzied activity followed by uh, burnout or general malaise. Certainly, the effect of, of Mars and Gemini on uh, an individual chart is going to you know vary quite a bit, but you can say with certainty that um, what it's delivering is is not consistent by any stretch. And Mercury getting into Capricorn, you know, at least gives us maybe a bit of an opportunity to plan around that. Gives a, a bit more of a, a cool objective head, which, you know, it may not be in an ideal position to make its arguments um, for more <clears throat> uh, coherent methodical action to Mars, given that it's it's not in a uh, classical Ptolemaic aspect with Mars is technically in a version. There is some connection with Capricorn and Gemini by means of Contra and Titia, which tends to be uh, more effectacious uh, when the antitial points are uh, very close by degree, which in this case they are not. But we might be able to say that Mercury at least uh, maybe has Mars's email address and can shoot some, some messages over to Mars. Uh, may or may not listen, you know, but there is also, um, the, uh, to help strengthen their, the relationship, there is a, a mutual, a mixed mutual reception because Mars is in Mercury's sign of rulership and Mercury is in the sign of Mars's exaltation. There is a, an increase in affinity. It's called, uh, I believe in medieval astrology, a generosity between Mercury and Mars. Suffice it to say that it may be a little easier for us as individuals to exercise a little bit of self-restraint if we're finding ourselves particularly affected by Mars and Gemini and its inflammatory effects. But this could also look uh, on a mundane level a little more like it, at least um, being able to, to influence the martial figures of the world into... Uh, abiding by uh, a, a little bit more of a, a lawful code of, of behavior or conduct, or maybe we're able to bring a bit of the the law to bear on some of those uh, maybe acting more flagrantly outside of its boundaries. Or, you know, it could look a little like um, simply <laughs> like adjusting activities uh, that may or may not be nefarious in some way uh, around the law to sort of use uh, technicality to, to get around the law. You know, lots of different ways that could show up. But meanwhile, we, we do also get Jupiter in charge of the sun, uh, as well as Venus right now. Venus is uh, on her way to a square with Jupiter. Go exact Friday evening, which might feel welcome after this full moon. So maybe we'll talk about it then. We do get Jupiter uh, at the very last degree of Pisces starting to build up some speed as it prepares to move into Aries. And while we often get themes around planets at the very end of signs being a little bit tired, sometimes uh, a little spent energetically, at least maybe a little more so than it would be. It is Jupiter and Pisces, which is one of its domiciles, and it's generally going to be a helpful planet. 
will certainly still be attempting to add uh, stability and perhaps like meaningful guidance to our endeavors. And I believe that uh, Jupiter's guidance will be welcome as we encounter uh, the full moon late Wednesday night, early Thursday morning. So with the sun in Sagittarius, the, the emphasis is on the gathering together of disparate elements into a single cohesive vessel or vehicle or body or ideal, much the way that a centaur is a union between man and, and horse. In Sagittarius, we're trying to bring things together under a single umbrella to create something that is essentially greater than the sum of its parts, to establish something that is better, faster, stronger, or otherwise is intended to achieve uh, some kind of desired outcome. In Sagittarius, we're unifying the spirit, shaping it and molding it into an ideal form that is sort of optimized to uh, achieve the goal, much as uh, an arrow is designed to be launched specifically from a bow to achieve maximum distance and speed and penetrating power. We're essentially uh, gearing our intentions, our resources to uh, be sort of streamlined and directed in a kind of single direction. Sagittarius being a a fire sign has that uh, quality of rarefying or, or purifying, sort of eliminating impurities and sort of elevating the the substance of things towards the greater good. And while uh, Sagittarius being Jupiter ruled, you know, has a uh, level of inclusion, it wants to bring as much under the umbrella as possible. However, because of that kind of uh, fiery puritanical (laughs) quality, um, there can be a bit of a, a black and white layer to the thinking. You know, if it doesn't fit into the ideal, then it is potentially a threat or something that needs to be eliminated, done away with, or railed against in some way. And by the time we get to the second decan of Sagittarius, which is where the sun is right now, you generally have uh, a thing established. The sort of scope and premise of what we're trying to achieve is more or less fully formed. The arrow has been launched. The... uh, maybe belief system that we want to perpetuate or the uh, company that we've founded is formed and it exists and now must be preserved or protected. Is what represents what it means to be inside or under the umbrella is defined or established. So is what it means to be outside. In essence, we have uh, an enemy, an, a nemesis. And the interesting thing about threats coming from the outside so they have a way of galvanizing the spirit in a sense or, or uni- forcing a sort of unity to become either more fully solidified or to fracture and shatter. It makes me think of the Crusades, which was the product of, well, a lot of things. But essentially you had uh, a Europe that was, at least in theory, <clears throat> unified under the Catholic Church, while there were certainly... Uh, pockets of uh, heretical beliefs still. The idea of Christian Europe was pretty firmly established. Most of the internal conflict was really between Catholic Catholic monarchs um, over more secular issues such as, you know, land, succession, you know, political issues. 
but it was something of a, a problem having a country full of knights and uh, essentially warlords that didn't necessarily have anybody to fight anymore, except for their uh, fellow Catholics. So essentially to kind of alleviate that internal pressure, the focus was turned outward towards the Islamic world. So you were essentially able to gather up all the troublemakers in Christian Europe, put them in, into an army, and uh, repurpose them towards reconquering the Holy Land, which resulted in you know several hundred years of war uh, and um, a lot of death and, and violence for sure. But likewise, you know, within the uh, Muslim world, the threat presented by non-believing invaders essentially forced uh, Muslim ca- caliphs who would otherwise be rivals to band together and protect the greater sense of what was thought to be the, the Muslim world or domain. In fact, um, during this period, almost a better example might be the Spanish uh, Reconquista. <laughs> I'm butchering the pronunciation of that, but um, essentially what today comprises Spain and, and Portugal, the Iberian Peninsula, was early in the Middle Ages, uh, a bunch of different Christian kingdoms that had been conquered by uh, Muslim invaders, save for a couple kingdoms in the, in the north. And basically from roughly 800 or so uh, CE to you know the 1400s, the Spanish monarchs, often with assistance from other Catholic rulers, slowly reconquered the peninsula. And the Reconquista ended up being really essential to the idea of uh, Spanish identity, Spanish nationality. So suffice it to say that we, um, we encounter these themes around the ways that, that conflict can both destroy as well as further solidify or, or unify and even purify what we're trying to establish or within our uh, ideals and personal as well as group identity. We have this encounter with the uh, archetypal other, where sometimes we have to really dig deep to discover our, our will to protect ourselves, to protect our beliefs, who we profess to be or why it is we do what we do. And part of what makes this full moon especially interesting is that uh, this second decan of Sagittarius is in the Chaldean system of rulership ruled by the moon and within the uh, the Vedic or Egyptian uh, triplicity system of rulership, it's ruled by Mars, the moon being responsible for uh, bringing things together into cohesive form, into bodily, physical, tangible form, and Mars being in charge of conflict. These two planets are going to be set against the sun during this full moon. So to me, this very much looks like possible uh, culmination of exactly the sorts of conflicts that make or break, uh, that make or break things that are, are held together by common belief or even on an individual level through, you know, maybe our deeply held beliefs, you know, our, our passions are, are the things that uh, drive us forward. That would be uh, perhaps harder to explain. Uh, Sagittarius is associated with the, the hips. And I always think of that uh, Shakira song, my, my hips don't lie. 
which I believe is essentially about um, the sort of um, passion that uh, ignites when you see just a person dancing uh, on, on the dance floor. And it's funny, actually, in the lyrics, uh, it's a line, oh boy, I can see your body moving, half animal, half man. I don't, I don't really know what I'm doing, but you seem to have a plan. <laughs> it might be the most uh, Sagittarius line I've ever read or heard. And I think that is the, <laughs> the essence of Sagittarius is just being inspired in a way that uh, goes beyond logic or understanding. It's like, you seem to know what you're doing. So I'm naturally drawn to that, to you, to, uh, to that sort of confidence even. That doesn't necessarily uh, stem from, it may or may not stem from having a, a actual mapped out plan, but simply from just having the belief that you will know what to do when the time comes. And in some, some cases, that's what we need more than, um, than maybe a blueprint for how and why something will succeed. We just need to feel it. Now, uh, Gemini, <clears throat> on the other hand, is a sign that is all about contradiction, is home to many contradictory ideas, possibilities, and is sort of geared towards almost allowing ideas to continuously split and branch off into an ever-growing litany of potential and, and uh, possibility. Um, don't have the same need that you do have in Sagittarius to establish unity and cohesion between all the disparate elements at play. Because in Gemini, you can sort of pick them up and, and drop them. They don't need to fit into an overarching principle. In a sense, you can be a, a horse one day and a man the next day. The uh, coexistence of many contrarieties is not a source of friction, at least not for Mercury, the, the ruler of Gemini. It's not attached to all the uh, ideas and concepts there. It's not trying to fit them into a grand, cohesive narrative. Mars being the planet of conflict, planet of war, is going to tend to weaponize the qualities of whatever sign it's in. And in Gemini, uh, Mars is uniquely suited to identifying and maybe exploiting those points of contradiction. And it's interesting to me that uh, with Sagittarius, you get the association with the, the hips and in Gemini, you get the association with the shoulders. Between the two, they, they rule over the, uh, the joints, the main joints, the main hinge points that connect one's limbs to the greater body. So, uh, I mean, on an individual level, you may want to take precautions against overly straining the hinge points of your body. You can see there being um, an increased potential for maybe ligament tears for some of us, the dislocation of joints. However, with Mars uh, positioned to essentially be the um, archetypal nemesis to the sun in Sagittarius right now, uh, I imagine this could look like, like situations where any, uh, any contradictory elements of our personal beliefs about what we're doing or our goals, our agenda, uh, maybe points that had been overlooked in the past that maybe represented mutually exclusive potentials. They may become uh, sources of division, which maybe force us to make a choice <clears throat> to pick a side, perhaps, or to simply um, choose between the alternatives. You know, which uh, which of two alternatives is going to be part of the long term vision? And you know, you may want to look to <clears throat> the houses 
in your birth chart that uh, Gemini and Sagittarius fallen to maybe give you a sense of types of uh, structures or activities which might be subject to this sort of testing of uh, the greater vision? You know, if uh, Sagittarius is, say, on your your ninth house, this could look like um, perhaps uh, religious beliefs, spiritual practices um, that you've maybe held to in the past. Uh, there could be perhaps an encounter with a an internal point of contradiction for that belief system, or even perhaps within a, a religious community, a sort of sectarian split could occur, where because of the the belief that uh, maybe two components of the community hold, they can no longer, you know, coexist in the same body and they have to split, you know, into two different groups. This could also look, you know, a bit like a, a test, a test of faith, perhaps. Most belief systems tend to be riddled with contradiction when you look deeply into them. And that's almost where you need Jupiter's guiding hand a little to help you uh, maybe soften or smooth over, over those contradictions and, and give them a place. And that can almost be the downfall of, of Sagittarius sometimes where uh, it needs the, uh, the vision and, and idea to be so pure and clean that it might take um, something like uh, mythology behind a particular religious system uh, very, very literally. However, that's where uh, Pisces can be a little bit more helpful. And I would think Jupiter being in Pisces still, uh, I could see is almost offering the sort of softening message that something doesn't have to be literally true to be meaningful or to be pointing a finger at what is essentially true. Mythology is probably a great example in general, like Greek mythology. I was actually um, listening to an audiobook uh, about mythology with my, my kiddo, and it was telling the story of the wedding of Venus and Hephaestus and how uh, Venus and Mars were uh, originally intended to be married, rather Aphrodite and, and Aries. However, uh, Hephaestus said, uh, kind of manipulated the situation in order to, to be awarded with uh, marriage of Aphrodite, despite uh, Venus and Mars being really into each other. And I asked my kid what they thought of the fact that uh, Venus, the goddess of uh, beauty, and Mars, the, the god of war, uh, what they thought of the fact that they love each other. And they were just kind of silent for a moment and just said that, that that's crazy, you know. But um, through our conversation, we established understanding that, you know, obviously the myths aren't, aren't literally true, but they do uh, convey something that's true about life what beauty and war being in love with each other says that's true about life is a, perhaps a topic for another day, but nonetheless, there may be a way that that perspective could be helpful as we navigate this week. You know, this could be a, a time where some of us are having our beliefs or plans or agendas tested and perhaps broken down a bit. Maybe uh, pieces of that may have to come apart, perhaps uh, impurities may be needed to be, be removed. And while that um, conflict may be unpleasant for a lot of us and may leave us with something uh, that is less substantial than what we had before, it may be that what is left will form the core of a much more solid and sustainable uh, plan or belief or structure. I think perhaps for some of us, the, the danger might lie in letting uh, 
the problems or conflicts that that come up um you know defeat us entirely like uh i could see how this for some people might be perhaps getting so overwhelmed or, or swamped with smaller uh mundane or seemingly frivolous uh problems distractions to the point where we maybe want to give up on on the dream or on the ideal again i think the key here is is really just trying to accept the possibility that um things may need to take a new form or shape that may not uh, look exactly like what was envisioned but we can still have the essence you know if some uh plans seem to fall apart you know we can go back and assess and pick through the the bits that worked the bits that didn't work and maybe glue together a, a new a new plan or agenda that still has you know maybe those those key ingredients and as we move into friday uh, the moon will move into cancer friday morning with venus moving into capricorn uh, late friday night and maybe early saturday morning for some of us which perhaps uh in my, my mind the moon and cancer you know that it's a nice um place for the the moon to do some some healing or some um reintegration maybe you know if our cookie crumbled a little bit during the full moon the moisture of cancer may lend itself to the mending of some of those cracks where possible or perhaps just the letting go of those pieces that maybe didn't or won't uh be able to fit back into the the new cookie if you get venus moving into capricorn too we get a little more of a a grounding kind of energy again but um an ability maybe to find beauty in just what is and maybe take on an approach to building uh, up again what can be, maybe able to start reconciling ourselves to whatever sacrifices might need to be made or find ways of uh, appreciating maybe the, the, the cracks. It's making me think of uh, it's a type of art in Japan. I, I'm uh, The name is escaping me, unfortunately, but uh, I believe it is uh, basically taking like teacups or pottery or other um, porcelain ceramic ware and um, purposefully breaking it and using a specific material to uh, fuse it back together and the visible cracks being part of what makes the ceramic ware, you know, beautiful. I wish I remembered the name of this, this uh, practice, but I believe it is rooted in the uh, Japanese concept of wabi-sabi. I don't believe translates perfectly into English. I think one uh, is subdued, austere beauty, but essentially it centers around the acceptance of transience and imperfection. The idea that uh, nothing is ever truly complete. Nothing lasts, but nothing ever truly ends either. All things are uh, in a perpetual state of being unfinished. There is no like perfection or completion but beauty is to be found in uh, that ongoing process. Now, uh, to draw our week to a close, Sunday, the moon will move into Leo, uh, finishing out its time in Cancer with a, a nice trine with Jupiter at the very end of Pisces, which I think is a lovely way to wrap up what may be a stressful week for for some of us, not all of us, you know, but I think uh, it's where we can maybe uh, whip out our glue and start start putting the pieces back together a little by the end of the weekend, we may realize that, that we have more still available to us than we thought, or that, um, 
some of what we thought was broken uh, may have proved to be more resilient than, than we thought. It's the uh, lovely quality of moisture is that, uh, you know, it just sticks to everything and it gets into all those crevices. And, you know, if you draw a sword, you slice it through some water, it, the water's just going to go back. <laughs> uh, can't actually break or fracture that because it always seeks uh, the connections that are available. I think it's a good way to um, almost counterbalance to periods of time uh, characterized by maybe uh, really loud martial themes, such as uh, a Mars retrograde, that you know, if we give ourselves um, room to maybe bend and change and adapt to different uh, ways of being or doing things, you know, don't necessarily have to suffer the, the sever, severance and cutting and removal of so many things in our life, you know. And uh, when two people have an argument, the uh, momentary rupture in the relationship can often lead to much stronger, more durable relationship, as long as, as both are willing to maybe soften their perspectives a little bit and fill in, uh, fill in the cracks with a little bit of moisture, you know. So maybe take uh, Sunday to extract some of that uh, reconciling, gooey, emotional juice still on tap with Jupiter and Pisces to uh, smooth things over between yourself and the things, the people, the ideas that you care about most. And with that, we'll call it a wrap for this week. If you want to learn more about how the current and ongoing astro weather might be affecting you more personally, you can book a reading with me, my website, kylepierceastrologer.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, please leave a review, share with friends or any other astrology nerds you might know. I know it's been a little while since we've done a regular episode of Astrology Hotline, uh, but I promise they will be coming soon. And I just want to thank you all so much for listening. I hope you have a great week and see you next time. If you have a question you would like answered on Astrology Hotline, send us an email at astrologyhotlinepod at gmail.com. Thank you.